0: Global Business News, 24 hours a day, at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. On Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Johnson & Johnson has been ordered by a Los Angeles jury to pay $417 million to a 62-year-old woman who blamed her ovarian cancer on the company's talc. It is the first California trial over the product. Stocks mixed, S&P lower now, little change, down less than half a point, NASDAQ down 12, Dow Industrials up 6 to 21,680, the 10-year up seconds yield there 2.18%, gold up 570 the ounce up 4 tenths of 1%, and crude oil is down Four-tenths of 1% to 12, uh, uh, gold, I should say, is trading higher by four-tenths of 1% to 12.94. The ounce crude oil down 2.3%, 47.38 a barrel on West Texas Intermediate Crude. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Thank you so much, Mr. Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Monday. I'm Carol Masser. It is 11.48 in the Bay Area
2: and 2.48 on Wall Street.
0: The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists.
2: I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Scott Page, a professor at the University of Michigan, builds models of how the world works. Years ago, he built a computer model of teams solving problems and made a discovery that surprised him. More diverse teams consistently outperformed groups of the best and the brightest. The diversity Paige was looking at was cognitive diversity, differences in problem-solving skills and approaches. These are determined partly by experience, partly by education, and partly by identity. That identity includes common diversity markers such as gender, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation, but also lots of other things. Paige has a new book, The Diversity Bonus, that discusses how to make practical use of his insights. It's not always as simple as just hiring more women, say, or more poets. But it is clear that diversity can be a competitive advantage. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. For more Bloomberg opinion and commentary, please go to BloombergView.com or ViewGo on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentaries
1: can be heard every weekday at this time, also at 548 a.m., 848 a.m., and 1148 a.m. Wall Street time right here on Bloomberg Radio.
2: You're just what I need.
1: We're to take a look at the cost of regulation on companies and the economy because it is not to be underappreciated. Maybe exactly what companies need right now was less regulation. It's one of the things that our next guest has been looking into. Jim Bianco is back with us, president at Bianco Research, joining us on the phone from Chicago. Jim, nice to have you here. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the expectations of less regulations and the impact it's having on companies, co- corporate decisions, and on the markets overall, and the economy for that matter.
3: Yeah, the Competitive Enterprise Institute uh, estimates that corporations spend more money complying with regulation than they do in paying taxes. So it's actually a bigger cost for most companies than than their tax bill. And I know that in in Washington we talk all about taxes all day long. We don't talk a lot about regulation. What's happened under the Trump administration is we might remember early on in the administration he was passing all of those um uh... presidential executive orders mm-hmm. and holding it holding it up like the big chinese menu with his signature on it and we all ridiculed out oh, this isn't legislation it's not going to matter actually it did we've seen that the dramatic scaling back of regulation whether you measure it by the number of pages in the federal register which is like a log of regulatory activity or the number of new r- rules being written at the regula- at the regulatory agencies is not only the lowest we've seen in decades, but the pullback from the previous couple of years, most people would have thought was impossible to see that kind of a pullback. So we've seen a dramatic reduction in regulation. I think that's the Trump trade. I think that that's what's been underpinning the markets, is that we have gotten regulatory relief on a, re- on a level that we've never seen before.
1: So stop talking so much what, about infrastructure or tax reform, folks. Look at what already has been done.
3: Exactly. Now, that doesn't mean that you know tax reform or infrastructure isn't important, but what you hear people say is no health care, no taxes, no infrastructure. He hasn't done anything. Well, he's done one huge thing, and that is a huge rollback in regulations. And that is being felt by corporations, that is being told, if you listen to Jamie Dimon on his most recent conference call all the way on down the line, they've been talking about the regulatory relief that they're seeing, earnings are up, the cost of complying is down, and I think that that has definitely been a big plus for stocks, for the economy as we move forward from here. Interesting
1: that you say that. I kicked off the show, Jim, and I was talking with uh, our Joe Weisenthal and our Dave Wilson, who cover uh, stocks in the markets for us here at Bloomberg, about Speaking to a corporate executive of a publicly held company, large company, saying he expects that maybe the markets will start to come undone come October because of expectations of the Trump team not being able to get any of their major initiatives done. You say they are already doing it and that what, that might not happen? Because do you expect that if we don't get tax reform, if we don't get infrastructure, if we have problems with the debt ceiling, that that will not impact the market that much because regulations have already
3: eased? Yeah, I well, we've had a big reduction in regulation. That has been the big uptick from here. What does the market expect when you go forward from here? And if you look at various metrics, um, you know, it does not expect, tax reform. It does not expect a lot of infrastructure uh, spending. It does expect a a debt ceiling bill uh, bill to be passed. So I don't think the market is undone if it doesn't get tax reform or it doesn't get uh, infrastructure spending because it doesn't expect it. Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
3: if the Trump administration's weakened or they change course and they decide that they want to start re-regulating you could definitely see a negative um, come down the pike on that. And in fact, that explains why, if you've ever noticed, even last week, whenever the Trump administration seems to be really under the gun, the stock market falls. Right? It, um, it falls because this is the deregulating machine, and they don't want to see the deregulating machine being altered in any way. And that's why the stock market takes badly to him stumbling badly it likes what it's getting so far it would of course it would want to see taxes and infrastructure and everything else but so far there has been one thing it's delivered on and that has been deregulation
1: and it's interesting i remember just after the trump certainly after president trump came into office the expectations that even if it was in a case of less regulation it was the case of no more regulation that companies could breathe at least a sigh of relief
3: yeah, that's, that's been true, but in this case it actually has been re- less regulation. Now it's perfectly logical or reasonable to ask, have we gone too far with the regulation? Because like I said, If you were to have asked most Washington experts, show them how much less regulation we have this year versus last year, two years ago, Mm -hmm. they would have thought in a vacuum, that can never happen. We could never see that bigger reversal in regulation. Well, that's exactly what we've had. And maybe we've gone too far. Maybe we're, we're putting things at risk. That's a valid question to ask. The market doesn't seem to be bothered by at least that aspect of it right now. It just sees lower costs. And it sees easier business being done by it. and It likes it to date.
1: I've got to hear, I've got to ask, since you watch so closely, what's going on with companies, the economy, and how it all ties back to the financial markets, Jim. So what are your expectations then for the final quarter and then some of the year?
3: Well, if you look at from um, an earnings standpoint, first two quarters of this year we've had over 10% earnings growth, the best we've seen in six years. We've also seen 5-plus percent um, revenue or sales growth. The Mm -hmm. S&P 500 companies have $11 in sales, and they're growing at more than 5% a year. That's two-thirds of the economy. Those are blowout numbers, and everybody expects more of the same. So, so far, companies are saying – Things are going very, very well. Is it Trump? Is it something else? Now, that's a debate we can have. But for right now... We are seeing really good signs in terms of earnings and regula- uh, earnings and revenues moving forward.
1: All right, some optimism certainly on the uh, market outlook. Jim, thank you so much. Jim Bianco back with us, president at Bianco Research, joining us on the phone from Chicago. You can check him out on Twitter at Bianco Research. Check out market stories, too, from Bloomberg News. Just go to Bloomberg.com. Coming up on the other side of the break, a check on your top business stories and a look at today's
3: trading session. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.